Well, today uh, I am excited that we're going to begin a brand new series together entitled Fearless. And we're going to talk about today and over the next few weeks, how do we win the battle against fear? How do we win the battle against fear? And I believe that uh, if you will just uh, kind of evaluate your heart with me this morning, uh, you can probably be honest as I am that fear has probably been one of those things that has consistently kept us as people from experiencing really the fullness of what God has for our lives. I had the opportunity last night to speak at a men's conference for a, uh, another local church here in our community, and there were about 30 men there. And uh, as I was speaking last night and just a great time of fellowship together, um, they were just had opened up the floor and there was just an opportunity for the guys to share what the Lord had been doing in their heart that weekend. And one of the, young, one of the men that was there was a young man in his early 20s and his wife is pregnant. They're about to have their first baby. And he spoke up and he said, you know, he said, we're about to have our first child. And he said, I'm afraid. He said, I'm afraid I won't be able to be the dad I need to be. I'm afraid I won't know what to do and how to do and when to do the things that I need to do. And then he made this statement. He said, and I realized as we were here tonight that fear has really kept me from a lot of things that God intended to do in my life. And as he was speaking that and I was thinking about what we're ministering today, it just rung so true in my heart because the reality is I know in my own life that I can look back over my life and I can recognize that fear has probably been one of the greatest weapons of the enemy that he's used against me and probably against you. And if you think about not only... Not only the obstacles that we have faced, but also the opportunities that have been given to us. And how many times we have looked at an opportunity from God, and instead of running through an open door of opportunity, we backed away in fear and insecurity. And we allowed that moment, that thing that God intended for us to happen, to literally, literally never come to fulfillment. I mean, think about it. How many God ideas have you had? I mean, how many of those ideas have you had where you knew it was God, right? I mean, you just knew in your mind, man, that was God, and God wants me to do something, and God's called me to something, and God's leading me into something. And then how many of those God ideas have lied dormant in your life, many of us for years, all because of one simple word, fear? And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how do we win the battle against fear. And we're going to see really how significant that is and why that's so important and what God wants to do in our lives. Because if you don't win the battle of fear, we're going to see today you really won't win the battle of life. Amen. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 20, it's our first scripture we're going to read. And, and uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 20, uh, God is actually giving Moses and the children of Israel, he's kind of giving them instructions on the front end of this journey. And so God has called them out of Egyptian bondage. God is preparing them to possess the promises that he has for their life. God is gearing them up uh, for all the good things that he really does have in store for them. And in Deuteronomy chapter 20, God gives them kind of battle instructions. God gives them instructions on how to deal with their enemies and, and what, to, what to do when they are confronted by overwhelming obstacles or overwhelming challenges. And so Deuteronomy chapter 20 starts out this way. God says, and when you go out to fight your enemies, and you face horses and chariots, and an army greater than your own, do not be afraid. The Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt is with you, and when you prepare for battle, the priests must come forward 
to speak to the troops. I want to stop there for a second because I want you to see something. I want you to recognize that, that God has a remedy uh, for overcoming fear. And this is really simple. And it's almost so simple we miss it. But I want you to see this. So God tells the children of Israel, when you go out to fight your enemies and you face horses and chariots and armies that are greater than you. Now I understand that we're not facing natural armies. But how many of you understand that we have all been confronted with things that seem like overwhelming enemies, right? Have you ever been confronted with things in life? Maybe you went to the doctor and they used the C word, right? And all of a sudden you become overwhelmed with fear. Right, or maybe, maybe you, you go to work and you, you, get, you get to work and you find out that there's some, there's some cutbacks going on in the company and your name's come up on the list and, and what you thought was going to be a lifetime career now is ended in a day and you walk home one Friday afternoon with your last paycheck in your hand and you're thinking about how am I going to provide for my family, how am I going to pay the bills, how am I going to do the things that I need to do. And all of us in one moment or another in our life have been confronted by overwhelming enemies, overwhelming obstacles that seem greater than we were, right? And so this is what God says. God says that when you face an army that's greater than you, when you're confronted with an obstacle that's bigger than you, he says, number one, do not be afraid for the Lord your God is with you. And then he says this, and when you prepare for battle, the priest must come forward to speak to the troops. Now look at the next verse because this is what the priest is going to say. And the priest will say to them, listen to me, all you men of Israel, do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them. Look at the next verse. For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies and he will give you victory. Now I want you to see something interesting in this because this is, this is kind of a unique perspective. This is, this is how God works. The kingdom of God is upside down and backwards, right? Because in the natural... If you are confronted with an obstacle that's bigger, greater, stronger, mightier than you, then we would naturally think, I need more money, I need more resources, I need more people, right? Isn't that what we typically think when we're confronted with problems? When you have a financial problem, you automatically think, I need more money. How many know there are a lot of people that have gotten more money and they're still in financial problems? Because more money is not necessarily the answer. And many times we're confronted with challenges and we say, well, we need more resources or we need more support or we need more people or we need more help from outside arenas. But here's what I want you to see. God says that when you're confronted with an obstacle that is greater than you, what you need is a word from God. What you need is a priest to remind you of some specific things. Look what the priest reminds them of. He says, the Lord your God is going with you. The first thing you need to know when you're confronted with an enemy is that God is with you. You are not alone. Anybody here raising teenagers? Ever feel like sometimes, man, you're all alone? Man, you're being challenged with some things. Anybody raising little toddlers, two-year-olds, got hands in everything? Any two-year-old parents in there? I mean, you're like chasing around. They like God. I mean, how fast can you be at two years old? I mean, it's unbelievable how quick they can, they can get out of the room and they can be in the middle of something. And you're like, how in the world? God says you need to remember, when you're confronted with an overwhelming obstacle, when fear tries to grip your heart, you need, to, you need a word of encouragement. You need a priest. You need a man or a woman of God. You need somebody that is going to speak into your life the word of the Lord and remind you, number one, that God is with you. Number two, he's going to remind you that God's going to fight for you. And number three, that he will give you victory. So not only are you not alone, God is fighting for you. And not only is God fighting for you, God has promised you 
victory. And so God says when you are confronted with overwhelming circumstances, what you need is not not more money, not more people, not more resources. What you need is a word from God. And you need to be reminded. Let me just say this to you today. I want to just encourage you again about the importance of being connected together to the body of Christ. See, we all need people that are speaking life into our lives. We all need a priest that when we're confronted with an obstacle, somebody that steps up and says, you know what? God is for you, God is with you, and God's going to give you victory. And you just need to know that, right? Isn't it amazing? You ever been there? I've been there a thousand times. It is amazing that when you're in that situation, how that one word of encouragement and affirmation from another believer in Christ can change everything. All of a sudden, what was going to overwhelm you with fear now releases a spirit of faith on the inside of you that you become bold and confident that God's going to do what he said he would do. And so let's look at our first point together today as we kind of begin to work through overcoming this battle of fear. The first thing I want you to recognize is the battle against fear is a real battle. There's a real battle raging. And, and let me just clarify. The Bible actually talks about Paul told Timothy that God's not given us a spirit of fear but a power of love and a sound mind. So there is a spirit of fear. There is a demonic spirit of fear that wants to torment your heart and torment your mind and that wants to rob you of the potential of the fullness that Jesus Christ has for you. But let me just say this to you today. I'm not talking about that right now. What I want to talk to you about today and over the next few weeks is not the spirit of fear, which is a demonic oppression, but I want to talk to you about the feelings of fear. Because we all have the feelings of fear. This is what I'm convinced of. Way before the spirit of fear ever takes possession or begins to bring oppression into your life, the emotion of fear has already dominated you. Way before the spirit of fear begins to manipulate and control you, the emotion of fear has already bound you and brought you to a place of subjection where you are no longer advancing in the kingdom of God. And so what we want to talk about specifically over the next few weeks is not the spirit of fear, not the spiritual battle, but the emotional battle that we all face when we are confronted with the emotion and the feelings of fear. Now how many of us realize, I believe all of us realize, that the feeling of fear can actually be a very healthy thing, right? There are sometimes you just need to run, <laughs> right? Some things you need to be afraid of, right? And you, you need to just, just run. You know, you need to evacuate the premises, right? And, and that's a natural, very orderly thing. Thank you very much. That's a natural, healthy thing. How many of you also understand that the Bible talks about what's called the fear of God? How many know we need a little more fear of God in America today? We need the fear of God in our nation. And so there is a healthy fear. And as a matter of fact, we're going to see today, we're going to discover before we wrap up the purpose of fear. And we're going to see how that the emotion of fear is actually intended by God to bring benefit to your life. Because God gave you and I the capacity to feel fear. And everything that God did, God did was good. So we're going to see some interesting things today. So I want you to first of all understand the battle against fear is a real battle. And your victory over fear will literally determine your victory in life. If you don't learn how to win the victory over fear, if you don't learn how to win the battle over fear, then you will never win the battle in life. You will constantly find yourself on the outside looking in on what God wanted to do in your life. Have you ever looked at somebody else and thought, that should have been my life? 
That's not a healthy place to live. But you know what I believe? That sometimes there's a lot of truth and reality in that because many times we recognize that those people that are walking in the things we want to walk in are walking in it not because they didn't face fear but because they overcame fear. And we allow fear to keep us stuck in a place of yesterday instead of moving into the future and the hope that God has for us. And so we need to understand that in order to really get victory in life, the Bible says in 1 John that, this, that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. How am I going to overcome the world? By faith. So we understand faith and fear cannot coincide together. I can't be in faith and I can't be in fear all at the same time. And so I have to recognize that if I'm going to have in this world, I'm going to have to begin to live by faith. And if I'm going to live by faith, I'm going to have to win the battle, the emotional battle against the feelings of fear and learn how to press through and overcome those things that the enemy wants to use to, to confine me, but God wants to use to propel me into the desired future that he has for my life. So let's look at the next thought. I want you to see this. Why is it important that we win the battle against fear because number one I want you to see fear imprisons you in your current reality fear imprisons you in your current reality and fear keeps you from God's desired future for your life let's look in Jeremiah 29 I'm really spitting and breathing heavy in this thing and so I'm trying to figure it out Kevin Jeremiah 2911 is the uh, scripture basis for our youth group. Our youth group is called 2911. And it's called 2911 because we believe that God has a future and a hope for all generations. Amen. And we want to see our young people raised up in the future and the hope that Jesus Christ has for them. But this is what Jeremiah 2911 says. God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And there are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. God says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. God says, I have not forgotten what I want to do in your life. Now, this is important because we a lot of times read this verse, but we don't back up to read the context of Jeremiah 29, 11. Because in Jeremiah chapter 29, God is actually pronouncing judgment. God is pronouncing judgment against the nation of Israel because of their sin, their rebellion, and their idolatry. They had turned their back and turned their back and turned their back and turned their back on God. And God in Jeremiah chapter 29 through the mouth of Jeremiah the prophet is predicting and declaring 70 years of captivity. God tells them in Jeremiah 29 that you're going to be held captive in Babylon for 70 years because of your sin. Because of what you've done. They had defiled the land. They had not allowed the land to rest. They had violated the commandments of God. And God said, so I'm going to bring you into captivity. You're going to, be, you're going to suffer the repercussions of your own choices and decisions. And he said, you're about to go into 70 years of captivity. And then God says in verse 11, but I want you to know that I haven't forgot the plans that I have for you. See, that's important. Because you, you and I need to understand, number one, we need to understand there are repercussions for our choices and our decisions. And God forgives you immediately and graciously and fully and completely. But it doesn't change the fact that there are still repercussions to our sins. There was a movie years ago entitled 
oh brother where art thou and these three criminals escape and they're on the run and they end up wandering up on a, on a, on a, on a pond side revival and one of the guys gets saved, gets baptized in the pond he's all excited, he's got brand new life in Christ and, and all of a sudden they get in the car and they start heading down the road and the police start chasing them he says hey I don't have to run anymore Jesus forgave me of all my sins and the other guy looks at him and says yeah but the state of Mississippi is not that forgiving See, there are repercussions, right? There are repercussions for our sin. And you know what? Some of you right now may be walking through a season where you're having to walk out of the thing you walked into. Right? You have to walk out of the thing that you walked into. And you may be there right now. You may be in the middle of what you feel like is sin. Years of captivity, and you may be thinking, When is the end of this thing going to come? And maybe you're battling to get out of debt. You got in debt in about two years, and it took you 15 years to get out of debt. But you're saying, Hey, God, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to continue this process. And you may feel like, Hey, everything's not working. Things are crashing down around me. But God says this even in the midst of your discipline, even in the midst of the repercussions of your sin, God said, I want to remind you something. I know the plans that I have for you. And God says to you and to me today, I haven't changed my mind. I haven't changed my mind. Yet maybe you've been delayed, but you haven't been derailed. Amen? Maybe your vision's been delayed. Maybe my dream for you's been delayed. Maybe the purpose has been delayed, but you haven't been derailed from my plan. God says, I remember the plan that I have for you. Look what God says about it. He said, there are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Let's go back to our screen in front of this one. Let's look at that point. So why do we need to overcome fear? Why do we got to win the battle of fear? Because fear imprisons you in your current reality and keeps you from God's desired future for your life. If you remember the story of the children of Israel, when they got to the edge of the promised land, they sent 12, 12 spies in the land to spy it out. Ten spies came back and gave a negative report and they said, we are not able to do what God said we can do. That sounds contradictory, doesn't it? We're not able to do what God says we can do. And fear and insecurity overcame them, right? They looked at the obstacles, they looked at the enemies, they looked at the cities, and they said they're like giants and we're like grasshoppers. And we are not able to do what God has said we can do. Two of the guys, Caleb and Joshua, said we are well able to do what God has called us to do. And because of those ten spies, because of a spirit of fear, because of the feeling of fear, they were emotionally overwhelmed with the feeling of fear. We are unable, we are incapable, we are not, we are not, we are not uh, suited and equipped to win this battle. And they spread fear, insecurity, and anxiety through the nation of Israel. And guess what happened? For 40 years, they wandered around the mountain. 40 years. Until everyone in that generation died. And everyone 20 years and younger. Anybody here 20 years and younger? Say, praise God, that's me. Right? Everyone 20 years and younger got to enter into the promised land. Now, here, here's, a, here's a great little thought. I want you to see this. What did fear do? Fear imprisoned them in their current reality. Some of you are walking around the same old mountain, the same old mountain, the same old mountain, the same old mountain. 
Same struggle, same problems, same challenges. Just a different day, a different week, a different year, a different decade. <laughs> but it's the same. Why? Fear. Fear imprisons us. Fear keeps us from stepping into the opportunities that God has for us. Fear keeps us from possessing the promise that God wants to do in our lives. And so if you have found yourself wandering around the same old mountain, then maybe you need to recognize that somewhere along the way, fear has claimed the victory that Jesus intended to give to your life. And we want to reclaim that today, amen? We want to reclaim it. Let's look at our next point on your outline. I want you to just see a couple more thoughts today. So where does fear come from? It really comes from a lot of places, but, but based upon the context of our scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 20, and really I'm convinced based upon a lot of circumstances and situations in our life, fear usually comes from being confronted with something that you and I feel we are un prepared to handle. When you're confronted with something that you feel unprepared to handle, you know what happens? There is a natural tendency to feel afraid. Right? Think about it. Something you've done a hundred times, you're not afraid of. Something you've never done causes fear. When you go somewhere you've gone ten times before, you don't feel afraid. But when you go somewhere you've never gone before, there is an anxiety and a fear that wants to rise up on the inside of you. Last night I went and preached, uh, as I share with you, at a, at a men's conference here in Arab for a bunch of guys I'd never met. And you know what I had to do all the way there? I had to fight through the feelings of fear. What if they don't like me? Y'all ain't never felt that way, have you? Well, what, what if they don't like me? What if they don't like what I have to say? What, what if I'm just, I just don't even fit and it's just really weird and all those crazy thoughts that we have, right? And the reality is, is we all feel those feelings of fear. And the only time you feel those feelings of fear is when you're confronted with something you have never experienced before or something that you feel unprepared to handle. That young man last night as he shared about, about to be a brand new father, he said, I'm afraid. Why was he afraid? Because he felt unprepared for what was about to happen in his life. And the truth is, he is. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're never prepared to have a baby. But God is faithful, amen? Woo. Sorry all you new parents out there. That's not a word of encouragement, is it? All right, so fear comes from being confronted with something that you feel unprepared to handle. So let me just give you another thought because I want to shift our thinking. Fear not only comes from being confronted with overwhelming obstacles, but fear also comes from being confronted with overwhelming opportunities. Have you ever been given an opportunity, maybe it was a new job, maybe it was a promotion on your job, maybe it was a new relationship, maybe it was a ministry opportunity, maybe it was a chance to speak or to pray in public, maybe, I don't know what it was, whatever it was, it was a new opportunity and you're like, man, that is really great and that's awesome and it's what I've been praying for, I can't do it. Right, I've been there and done that a thousand times. God, this is what I've been praying for, I can't do that. 
Right? That's, that's the reality. And so I want you to see this. I want you to see that, that overcoming the battle of fear is significant because not only does it give you victory over your enemies, but it actually enables you to step into God's opportunities for your life. And if you allow fear, the feelings of fear to dictate and control you, you will consistently miss out on what God wants to do in your life. How many times have we known it was a God thing, but we allowed the feelings of fear to talk ourselves? I mean, have you ever talked yourself out of something? Well, I have. Just talk myself right out of God's blessing. Talk myself right out of God's opportunity. Praying for an open door, and when it shows up, I'm reluctant to walk through it. Why? Because the feelings of fear that want to keep you imprisoned in your current reality. Satan does not want you to advance the troops of your life into the purpose and the plan of God's glory. And so he uses and manipulates our lives through just the feelings of fear, those natural emotions that we have in our lives, in order to intimidate us to the point that we don't step out and step into God's dream. Amen? Let me give you one last thought. I want to give you the purpose of fear. Now, this is kind of a crazy thought, and I've never thought about this in this way before. But as I was studying about overcoming and winning the battle against fear, I began to ask the Lord this question. I said, God, I said, you gave us the capacity to feel fear. And again, we're not talking about the spirit of fear. We're talking about the emotional, the emotion of fear. I said, God, you gave us the capacity to feel fear. So why did you create us with the capacity to feel fear? Wouldn't it have been better if we would have just been born fearless? Right? Just afraid of nothing, never felt the feelings of fear. Wouldn't that have been an awesome, exciting thing? And the reality is, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> because, again, we already talked about there are some healthy fears, and there's the fear of the Lord. And there are some other things that we need to be very conscious and aware of. But, but the Lord, just very quickly by the Holy Spirit, spoke this to me. He said, Keith, the purpose of fear is this. Fear is a natural emotion that is intended to initiate faith. It is a natural emotion that is intended to initiate faith. Why did God allow us to feel the feelings of fear? Because when you get overwhelmed, when you are confronted with something that you believe is bigger than you, God wants the feelings of fear to ignite a spirit of faith that says, you know what, God, I can't handle it, but I believe you can. He wants to use the feelings of fear to ignite faith in our heart that causes us to take those overwhelming circumstances and even opportunities and look to God as the source of our strength. I mean, let me just tell you what I know about you and what I know about me. When you do something you've never done before, you pray harder than you've ever prayed. Right? I was doing some extra praying yesterday. See, I know y'all love me. I didn't know if they would. So I was doing some extra praying yesterday. Why? Because when you feel the feeling of fear, God gave us the emotion of fear in order to initiate a spirit of faith that causes us to look to God and say, Lord, I can't, but you can. I'm trusting in you. This is bigger than me, but it's not bigger than you, God. And I'm going to look to you as my source and my strength. See, fear has the capacity if we will respond appropriately, and that's what the last part of that verse or statement says, how you respond to fear determines whether you win or whether you lose in life. If you allow fear to initiate faith, you'll win in life. 
Because those feelings of fear will drive you to your knees and drive you to a place of dependency upon God. Second Chronicles chapter 20 is the story of Jehoshaphat. He's the king of Judah. And the Bible says this, and it happened after this, that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon with others also besides them, besides the Amorites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And then some, then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazon Tamar. Tamar. And Jehoshaphat feared. Jehoshaphat feared. He found out three of the greatest armies in the known land was now gathering in battle and opposition against him. And the Bible says that when Jehoshaphat heard that this overwhelming odd was coming against him, Jehoshaphat did the normal thing to do. He became afraid. He feared. But Jehoshaphat responded to his fear appropriately. The Bible says Jehoshaphat feared to such a degree that he set himself to seek the Lord. He allowed fear to initiate faith. He allowed fear to initiate a dependence upon God. He allowed an overwhelming circumstance to create an overwhelming dependence upon a holy God. See, that's the purpose of fear. The emotions that we feel are given to us so that when we feel overwhelmed and overcome by what's happening around us, it will drive us to our knees to a place of faith and dependency upon God where we begin to cry out to Him and set our face to seek the Lord. And then He proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. Look at the next verse. And then he says this, O our God, will you not judge them, speaking of the foreign armies, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. I love that last statement there. He says, God, we have no power and we have no plan. (laughs) Have you ever been there? (laughs) God, we don't have the power to fix this. And I don't even have a clue how to get it fixed. I don't know the right thing to do. I don't know the right path to take. I don't know how we're going to navigate these waters. We've never been here before. We've never crossed this bridge. We've never been confronted with this challenge. We've never been given this great of an opportunity, God. I don't know how. We are not powerful enough, and we don't even know how to do what it is that we're being given an opportunity to do. But God, our eyes are on purpose of fear is to initiate faith to drive us to a place of intimacy and ultimately dependency upon God where I recognize that when I'm overwhelmed he's not when I'm outgunned he's not when I'm outsmarted he's not when I'm outresourced he's not that he is the God of heaven and earth and as he told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 20 he said I am the Lord your God and I go with you And I'm the Lord your God and I'll fight for you. And I'm the Lord your God and I will give you victory. Let me give you one last thought. I want to close it with this. The next time you feel fear, the next time you feel fear, the emotion of fear, the next time you feel overwhelmed by circumstances or even opportunities, the next time you feel fear, I want you to hear this. Instead of counting yourself out, Start counting God in. Bring God into the equation of your circumstance. Bring God into the equation 
of your life. Bring God into the equation of your opportunity. Instead of counting yourself out, which is what we do most of the time, right? We get confronted with circumstances, opportunities, challenges, problems, and even blessings, and we get overwhelmed and we count ourselves out. I'm not able. Instead of being like the 10 spies who came back and said, We're not able. Because they counted God out. They counted themselves out. Caleb and Joshua counted God in. They said, we are well able to do what God has called us to do. I want to say to you today, you're well able. If you'll start counting God in. If you'll allow the feelings of fear to initiate a spirit of faith that creates a dependency upon God. I believe God has no greater pleasure than to see his kids say, God, I don't know, but my eyes are on you. I believe it fills his heart with joy, not because he's prideful and arrogant, but because God is so loving and gracious that he longingly waits to intervene in every heart and every life. God wants you to possess your promise. He wants you to conquer your enemy. He wants you to win the battle against fear.